fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. God's word for our consideration on this festival of the Holy Trinity is our first lesson that we heard, the book of Numbers, chapter 6. Let's listen to it again, and you'll hear it one more time at the end of our service this morning. This is what God said to Moses. He said, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of our triune God, the name in which we have been baptized, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1957, a movie came out. Some of you maybe have seen it. It was called The Three Faces of Eve. It was starring Joanne Woodward. She won an Academy Award for her performance. She portrayed a woman by the name of Eve White. Eve White was a a mild-mannered, kind of shy person, but she would get these blinding headaches that would sometimes cause her to pass out. And then a second Eve, another person, this one named Eve Black, would emerge. She would all of a sudden turn into a different person. Eve Black was like the polar opposite of Eve White. Eve Black was outgoing and fun-loving. Eve White was kind and kind-hearted. Eve Black was murderous. Well, finally, with the help of a psychiatrist, a third personality was discovered within this woman, one who went by the name of Jane. Jane was calm and and emotionally stable. and, And finally, With the help of the psychiatrist, the other, the two Eves, were were put to rest, never heard from again. This person, was it was based on a true story, suffered from what they used to call multiple personality disorder, now called uh, personality dissociative disorder. In a way, in a way, we see especially in our lesson this morning, the familiar words from the book of Numbers, God presenting also three faces to us. Moses speaks of the face of God three times. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, turning his face toward us and blessing us. Now, don't misunderstand. God does not suffer from multiple personality disorder. And yet, God does present himself as three faces turning toward us. He does so to bless us. This morning, let us consider these familiar words, words we have heard for many of us probably thousands of times in our worship service, maybe so often that we allow them to kind of go right over our head and not think about them. Let's think about them. Let's, let's, let's look into this a little bit further. As we see the three faces of our triune God blessing us. I don't get multiple personality disorder. That, that's baffling to me how that can happen. I, I don't understand that. But I could tell you one thing. I really don't understand how God can be three persons and yet one God. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in being a bit baffled by the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. 
throughout the ages, people have tried to come up with like analogies or, or illustrations that, that could help us understand the Trinity. For instance, uh, according to legend anyway, St. Patrick supposedly used the shamrock, the plant with the three leaves, to teach the people of Ireland about the triune nature of God, just like there are three leaves in the shamrock plant, yet one plant, so God is three persons in one God. Others have used other analogies from nature. Um, Some have used water, for instance, H2O, because it can come in three forms, right? You can have water in the form of a solid, call it ice, or a liquid, water, or a vapor, steam, and yet it's all H2O, right? I've heard others use a, a, a flame, like on a candle, as a way to illustrate and teach the truths of the triune God. That uh, uh, When you think of a flame on a candle, it's, there's the flame itself, and it gives off heat, and it gives off light, but you can't divide the three. Problem with all of those illustrations is none of them is really accurate. For instance, the, the, the shamrock. Uh, would give the impression that that it's God is like divided into three and only is he one God when you put the three together, as if the Father is only one-third of God and the Son is one-third of God and the Holy Spirit is one-third of God. And that's not true, as we just got done confessing in the ancient words of the Athanasian Creed. There are not three gods, one God. It's not three, you know, a God divided into three parts, but three Distinct, separate persons, one undivided God. Other illustrations also fall short. As if, you know, I think when you think of the, the illustration of water being three forms. Or that movie, The Three Faces of Eve and the woman with the three distinct separate personalities. That could give somebody the impression that, well, God just has three different ways of showing himself. And yet you never, three, all, you never see all three at the same time. It's just three different aspects of God. And that's not true either. Well, let's be honest. We would be fooling ourselves if we thought that we could come up with some perfect illustration that will absolutely explain and help us understand and fully grasp that God can be three persons in one undivided God. That's ridiculous. We're humans. We are finite. We are sinful. We're flawed. God is perfect and holy and infinite. How in the world would we ever think that we could fathom every single thing about God and wrap our brains around everything about Him? Finally, we let God be God. And we believe, not because we understand everything about God. Of course not. We believe because this is what he says to us in his word. But, as we said at the beginning of the service, God doesn't present himself as the triune, the three-in-one God, simply to, to baffle us and confuse us. He does so to bless us. And that's brought out very clearly in those familiar words of the of the what we call the ironic blessing that we heard in Numbers, our first lesson this morning. Now, th- this certainly isn't the, the the main place in the Bible that we would turn to for understanding what God 
teaches us about being three in one. Uh, there are many, many other places in the Bible, Old and especially in the New Testament, that, that, that dig deeper into this mystery, this, this doctrine of God being three persons yet one undivided God. This references God being three in one. It doesn't really dig deep into him, but it does something really important for us. It tells us clearly that the three persons of the Holy Trinity bless us. Let, let, let's take a look. Let's, let's kind of pick this blessing, the benediction at the end of the service. Let's pick it apart and see how all three persons of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all Lord, as we just got done confessing, all three are Lord, not three lords, but one Lord. Let's see how the Lord the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit blesses us. So the, the, the blessing starts with the Lord bless you and keep you. So God directing Moses to tell his brother Aaron, the high priest, this is how you are to bless the people, was first of all starting with the first person of the Trinity, God the Father. And when he directed his people to be blessed by saying the Lord bless you and keep you, God is referring to his blessing of, of, of taking care of us, of preserving us, of protecting us. Keep in mind that the, the blessing that we hear at the end of the worship service serves kind of a twofold purpose. It is, number one, a prayer. We pray, we're calling on our triune God to do these things, but it is also a reminder that he indeed does those things. It is a teaching moment at the end of our service. This is what the Lord does for us. He keeps us. Our Creator, we think of God the Father, we, we, as we confess in the other creeds, that God the Father Almighty is the maker of heaven and earth, the holy creator of the universe. Nothing exists that wasn't created by God, and we especially think of the first person of the Trinity, God the Father is doing that. But I think there's a mistaken idea that a lot of people have about God and his work of creation. I think there are a lot of people out there that think that, okay, well, God, or whatever you want to call him, is responsible for the universe and for us being here. So he created everything, but then he kind of just took a big step backwards and just let things kind of go. Kind of like a, an absentee father. You know, well, the, the father was there and that's why I'm here, but then he kind of just abandoned the family and left us on our own. And that's kind of what God has done. Yeah, he might have created us, but I don't see much evidence of him doing anything since then. How untrue that is. God the Father did create us, but God the Father, the Lord, blesses and keeps us. He keeps us, he preserves us, he protects us, Sometimes in a very miraculous way. Sometimes by sending his holy angels who intervene in our lives. And I will, I'm pretty confident, many of us here today, myself included, can think of at least one time, maybe many times in our lives where it was so obvious that God the Father did intervene and preserved and protected us in a situation where Technically, uh, humanly speaking, we probably shouldn't have survived or maybe survived and not without a lot of harm. And yet, nope, God kept us. God the Father keeps us. But that doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to God's people. 
That's not true, and he doesn't promise that. I mean, remember, we are sinners who live in a sinful world. That's what God the Father warned our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they defied him and brought sin into the world. He said, it's never going to be the same again, not till he comes back in judgment. The world will be full of difficulties and dangers and disasters and ultimately death. We brought that on ourselves as well as our first parents. We can't blame God the Father for that. But here's what God the Father does promise us. He will indeed protect us. And when something bad happens, and bad things do happen, He says to us, He promises, He's going to make those bad things work out into our good. That's what it means when we hear the words, the Lord bless you and keep you. It means we don't have to go through life with fearful hearts thinking that everything is out of control and, and we're vulnerable and, 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 and unprotected. That's not true at all. We have the promise of God the Father who blesses and keeps us. The blessing goes on to the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, when he says, when God said to Moses, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. We don't probably speak in terms of somebody's face shining unless it's because of the excessive heat and humidity, right? But we do use similar phrases. For instance, somebody might say, boy, you could just see his face light up when she entered the room. Or, or boy, um, she beamed when her daughter went up onto the stage and received her diploma. You know, the beaming, the lighting up of our face. What does that really mean? Well, it means we're smiling. We're happy. Somebody is bringing us joy. So think about what that's saying. The second person of the Holy Trinity, God the Son, beams at us. He doesn't hide his face from us. He turns it toward us. You know, he'd have every right to turn his back on us. Think of all the times that we disappoint him and defy him. But that's not what he does. See, this is the part where where Moses said... uh, that he be gracious to us. That's his grace. Because of his grace, his love, his forgiveness of us, that's why he lights up. That's why he beams at us. Because he lived for us and he died for us and he rose for us and he completely forgives us. And now he beams at us. There's so many places in the Bible both Old and New Testament, that describe the relationship of God the Son, Jesus our Lord, with us, his church, as a relationship like a, a, a groom to a bride. He's our heavenly groom, we are his bride. Think of weddings that you've attended. When the groom is standing up there with his groomsmen, waiting and waiting as the attendants, as the bridesmaids come forward one by one, and then finally... Who comes in? The bride. Do you ever see the face on a groom when that happens? How it beams, how it lights up. Here comes his bride. 
That's how Jesus feels about you. He beams at you. His face lights up. He, he, he takes joy in you. Yeah, we still sin and disappoint Him. But He still forgives and beams at us. Find comfort in this part of the blessing at the end of our worship service. As you leave God's house, remember your Savior Jesus lights up because of His love for you. Finally, the, the, the three persons of the Trinity are blessing us in this creed or in this blessing, in this benediction when it ends by saying, the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. So this is a reference to the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, the one who brings peace. Peace, and I don't have to tell you this, this is nothing, I'm not revealing anything uh, that you haven't already known. Peace is a commodity that's really hard to come by these days, isn't it? I mean, just look at what's going on in the world. You know, whether it's unrest in our nation or, or war in, in, in Eastern Europe or just the internal conflicts. But we look around at our world, the society we live in, this, this fractured and divided society and, and you're just filled with angst and, and, and anything but peace. We long for peace and God the Holy Spirit promises peace. He will give us peace. But not the kind of peace that comes from a temporary end of war. Uh, that never lasts. I mean, think of every war that's ever happened in the world. Yeah, finally the war ends, peace is declared, and what happens sometimes months later, it breaks out once again. But God the Holy Spirit promises a different kind of peace. A perfect peace. A permanent peace. This peace can only come through faith in Jesus Christ our Prince of Peace. But here's where the Holy Spirit comes in. It is the Holy Spirit who brings us to faith and therefore brings us peace. That's his work. That Martin Luther, in the third part, the third article of the Apostles' Creed, his explanation says, I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or doing, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. That's what we are saying. That's what God is saying to us when we hear the words of the benediction at the end of the worship service. Give you peace. God, the Holy Spirit, grants us peace. He did it through the waters of holy baptism when you were baptized, for most of us probably when we were tiny infants. He continues to do that through word and the sacrament of Holy Communion as he strengthens our faith. That's giving us peace. So a couple things to note as the benediction comes to a close. We praise the Holy Spirit for giving us that kind of peace. We pray he would continue to do it, but here's a reminder for us. Remember, the Holy Spirit works through Word and sacrament. That's how he brings faith. 
That's how He preserves faith. That's how He gives us peace. If we separate ourselves from God's Word, from God's house, from God's sacrament, don't be surprised when you find yourself lacking peace in your life. Use those means of grace. Hear the Word. Read the Word. Study the Word. Come to God's house and hear it. Receive His sacrament regularly, faithfully, and know that God the Holy Spirit promises He will bless you through Word and sacrament by giving you peace, by increasing your peace, by strengthening your faith. We're never going to completely understand and fully comprehend and grasp all that there is to know about God and His being three persons, three distinct separate persons, yet one undivided God. Not this side of eternity. It's just not going to happen. That shouldn't bother us, though. Instead, let us understand this. This is what we can understand. The three faces of our triune God, the Father's face, the Son's face, and the Holy Spirit's face, turn toward us and bless us, not just at the end of the worship service, but every day. God grant that we never turn our faces from Him. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.